Hello world. If you can hear this, that means you're tuned into JSY podcast and I am your host, just simply Yvonne, coming to chat with you and you never know what about. This podcast was created for everyday people living everyday lives with the hopes that a conversation will be had that could change your perspective. We have made it to season two. I'm so excited to still be here. I hope that your ears are ready to listen. Your heart is open to receive a nugget or two and that this is a good use of your time. As Jahim says, come on over to my place. Let's see what we're talking about this episode. Hello, hello, hello. When I tell you, I feel like it's been months and Sundays since I've been here. Oh my goodness. Get on in here, get on in here, get on in here. I hope that your life is better than mine at this moment. I hope that you are further along. I hope that you're progressing and winding this year down and just enjoying all that life has to offer this particular season for me is rough. Do you hear me? Capital R, capital O, capital U, capital G, capital H. What I tell you, uh, I feel like I'm getting hit from every side. And so it took me longer than normal, but I am so glad that we are here for a reading review episode and we are reviewing The Light That We Carry by Michelle Obama. Flotus or former Flotus herself, I needed this book for so many reasons. When I tell you, it was just on time. And I'm a person where I love to read like what other people think and their perspective and to be able to like lose myself in their words. But because life is challenging me in so many directions right now, it seemed as though it was a book that I had to read a chapter and just marinate with. So I apologize for coming so late and just uh, I was like I'm gonna make a mini episode telling people that I am there but I'm not but I'm here but I'm gone and I'm this 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 and then I was just like oh gosh I just want to finish this book and I just want to sit and savor every good piece that I can pull out of this and just try to keep myself afloat and so I am here it is by the grace, do you hear me? By the grace, I lost a very, very, very close friend of mine on Christmas. I hope that everyone had a good Christmas. I didn't even want to get out of bed. And then when I finally mustered up enough courage to get out the bed, to get out my house, I got a phone call and I'm like, life is so precious. We never know when our time is up. We never know who we'll impact, who we'll encounter. We'll never know in the ways that we touch people. So not only am I having to fight through other things and other parts of my life, I get this news and I'm like, wow. It pulled at my heartstrings for her mother, for her sister, for her children, 
We both have three children. We met, funny enough, because I was running my mouth. <laughs> and I've been running my mouth ever since. Uh, it's at least 15 years. And wow. Oh, wow. When you're getting to know someone, wow. I just, this is not supposed to be a heavy episode. This is supposed to be light-hearted read and review what you pulled out of the nuggets out of this book which is a great book I think she has a way with words but I'm in a conflicted place right now so just bear with me <laughs> definitely different from the other reading reviews but I am here and of course I got some nuggets that I want to share I hope if you had the opportunity to read the book that you enjoyed it if not Spoiler alert, I'm going to give some quotes directly from the book. Can I just say that I love how, no matter how high up in the world she has went, she is still very much relatable. She very much relates to the black woman experience, and I love that. She relates to the struggle, to the challenges, to the adversity, to... I mean, I just... the black experience... And she says that I, I'm a cross-sectionality between a woman and being black. So a black woman puts me marginally in this category. And I'm like, yes, yes. Even though she's had different privileges, even though she's been put in different spaces, she still registers as that. And it's a beautiful thing. Okay, before I just go off into her life, let me <laughs> let me get into the reason we're here. First quote, she says, Your differences will often precede you into a room. People see it before they see you. Being different conditions you toward cautiousness, even as it demands that you be bold. Yes. When she said that, I'm like, yes, being black precedes you before you walk in, or right when you walk in, before you get a chance to introduce yourself, say your name, smile, anything. The color of your skin precedes you. And then, of course, if you have any other differences, disabilities, um, challenges, they precede you as well. Okay, she says, tools evolve over time based on our circumstances and growth. What works in one phase of life may not work in another. Yes, absolutely. When kids are young, you're able to operate in one way because they need you. They're more hands-on. They require much more. But as they get older, you don't have to do the same things. So what worked when they were two and four months or two and four years may not work at 16. And I just love that about life. It's a consistent change. There is no, what I did today works every day for the next 16 years. Probably not, whether that's a relationship, whether that's a job, whether that's um, a city. Like we see things expand, things change. So as things change, yeah, you want to change with it, hopefully. <laughs> it helps you grow. <laughs> what works in one space may not work in another. So true. Okay, she says, I'd had to go small in order to think big again. Yes, I think, especially for me right now, in this season of looking for a job, looking for a place, like trying to navigate where do I fit in this world. 
I think by me stepping back out of the bigger picture, the big picture is I want to be employed or, you know, have my business, whatever the case may be. And I wanted to generate so much money. I want to have this much money, right? And I want to live somewhere around this area. That's the big, broad thing, right? But stepping back and saying, what small things can I do, like right now? Look for jobs. But look for jobs that you're passionate about. Not look for jobs that pay the bills, because that's what I've always done. I've always said, I have to be working because I have these responsibilities. Versus now, it's like you have a degree, and you're specialized, quote-unquote, with this, this degree. So look for jobs in that category, because you taking a job over here with Joe Blow may not get you where you want to be and now you're back at scratch looking for a job next year and it's like you could have just took the time right now to find something you're actually interested in so to me that's small part for me every day being consistent about looking for something I'm passionate about not just accepting any job and then overall big is saying yes you want to land working and you want to be a homeowner of essentially yes but you want to have your own place you don't want to live with somebody you don't want to you know rent a room or whatever the case may be you want to eventually get into your own space again so sometimes you have to dial it back small in order to think big or to accomplish big I love that about her or these words that she said okay also she says I've come to understand that sometimes the big stuff becomes easier to handle when you deliberately put something small alongside it yes with me and job hunting to me i tell people looking for a job is a full-time job (laughs) so when people do it while they work that's hard work but of course when you do it and you're not working it's not that it's that much easier it's not that it's that less time consuming it's it just shifts how you think about it you're like more dedicated to it because you don't have another income right versus when you work for somebody you're like eh, if I land something cool if I interview cool if I'm able to promote cool you're not as like hungry for it because you have income coming in and it's steady versus when you don't it's like no I have to make this resume pop I have to get them to call me back I have to get them to look at me and then sell myself this has to go well because I really want it right so for that I'm having to tell myself small things to check off because, of course, if you send out your resume or if you've done any job hunting now, you could essentially apply for like 100 jobs in one week and you might get one rejection email. Like now it's like you just sitting into no man's land and you just never even know until they call you to say we want to schedule an interview or they send back the decline email. But a lot of times they're not even doing that. So you're like, okay, I sent out 100 and I have no idea if that were good, if that was bad, if they're even considering me, if I... Uh, push myself out of a position because of salaries or time restraint or location or whatever the case may be you have no idea and so since you have no idea it's like in your brain what did you do today what did you do this week so my way to combat my mind from going and going and going put something small beside it that you can check off so for today record this episode (laughs) I've been trying to record this episode for a while because I'm past due and it's like you know what day you release, you know what the episode is going to be about, you know this, you know that, yet and still you have not done it. So it's like being able to check that off on the side makes me feel like, okay, Yvonne, you're not 100% accomplished, but you're headed that way. You accomplished one thing for the day. Yay you. Okay. She also says, privately, inwardly, 
though we are riding a seesaw, bumping back and forth between feelings of, I got this and it's all too much. Yes. When I read this part, I was like, girl, girl, get out of my business. Every time I sit down a resume and I'm like, okay, you have the degree for this job. Like you're overqualified or you're perfect or whatever the case. I'm up in the air. I got this. And then I don't hear nothing else. I'm like, this is all too much. <laughs> then I'm back in the air. I got this. And then it's like another person jumps and I go down to pull it, you know, pull it, I jump back down, and it's like, this is all too much. And then I, I got this, you know. So it's this seesaw of, do I have this one moment? Yes, I definitely do. The very next moment, this is all too much. The roller coaster of emotions. Ugh. Life is like that, though. The more I journey, the more I'm like, yes, I got this with my kids. The very next minute, man, it's too many of them. It's only one of me. <laughs> Then the very next minute I show up at a game, I'm cheering, I'm proud, I get the shirts made, we're rocking, we're supporting, I got this, I'm that mom. And then the very next day, uh, it's three of them, it's only one of me, it's too much, it's too much, it's too much. I mean, it's a roller coaster of emotions. I mean, with the job, with the relationship, you get with somebody and you're like, I just love them, they smile, that's my, that's my, you know. <laughs> get with them and one day it's like, yes, this is everything, this is perfect. And the next day, man, this is too much. Us, oh, it's too much. And <laughs> you go back and forth because kind of, sort of, that's the way of life. Like, as things happen, you assess and you assess and you assess and you assess. And it's like, we are all somewhere in the middle of I got this and it's all too much. You are not crazy. We're all on the same seesaw sitting beside you going up and down, back and forth, just like you. So when she said that, I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Sis is relatable, if nothing else. Okay. She says, we can steer ourselves by degrees toward greater action and impact, sometimes just by trying one new thing. Completing one seemingly insignificant task. Yes. When I was getting my degree, literally, I'm like, Yvonne, take this class because it gets you there, right? And I was like, man, get in the class. Hated the class. Hated the class. And it's like, do this assignment. You may not want to, but do this assignment. And then send an email to the professor and say, you know, blah, 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 right? And it was like insignificant to me small not major at all but that could be the difference between passing and failing that could be the difference between networking for a job and not ever being considered you know what i'm saying little bitty things can be the difference and so i've learned to in those moments lean in what is happening around me what is going on is it going to hurt me to say something extra to this person mentally it may but physically, it's not going to hurt me. <laughs> no harm in being nice, right? But in my mind, it's like, oh, gosh, you just never know. You just never know. But one little task can steer you degrees toward where you're trying to go. So if you're headed north and one little thing can get you 32 degrees further, then if you say, no, I'm not going to do that, and it keeps you further back, you still got to do the 32 degrees, but it might take you longer because you skipped over one little task. I hope that makes sense. Okay. She says, I think it's always worth asking yourself, am I afraid because I'm in actual danger or is it simply because I am staring newness in the face? 
Yes, I think that's a valid question because she names different scenarios in her life where it was like, I'm just afraid. When, of course, Barack was running for president, you know, she was like, I did not want him to do this. And it was like, it was new. She was like, being a senator is one thing. Being a president is something completely different. I wasn't sure if I wanted public eyes on me, you know. And it's like, although most of us would never be in her shoes, think about, you know, introducing somebody you're dating. Think about applying for a job that's like in a different city or, you know, anything that has your nerves like, oh, my, giving a presentation at work and you've never presented. Meeting your significant other's family, you know, is it you really are in physical danger or is it just like the newness of it and you're uncertain? So many times we get ourselves in a tizzy about things and it's like it's not necessarily physical danger (laughs) it's just like "Mm, I like what I already know I like where I'm already at I like what I've already seen I like what I've already accomplished not really interested in pushing myself out further but that's where growth happens and I understand everybody is not ready to grow every single day but what if what if that one thing changed the trajectory of your life hmm something to think about (laughs) okay she also says our hurts become our fears our fears become our limits yes 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 take the limits off take the limits off yes I know that fear is real yes I know that people hurt people yes I know that there is danger in the world but I also feel like When she says fears become limits, yes. If your hand is closed because people have taken your money, just say, or people have always taken advantage of you, you're like, I have to close my hand because people come to me and they take stuff or they take advantage or they manipulate me or whatever the word it is. And you feel like it's happening too often. So you say, I'm going to close my hand. I'm not giving anybody anything. Okay. Get it on that side. But on the flip side, that means nobody can add any money to your hand because it's already closed. So that fear limits how much money you can actually make because your hand is closed. No, nothing is going out. And your hurt is valid. Nobody is dismissing that. But because of that hurt, you close your hand. And when you close your hand, that means nothing can go in and nothing can come out. So that becomes a limit. I hope that makes sense. (laughs) I hope the very first time I heard that, I was like, oh, uh." (laughs) but I just, I hope that makes sense. Our fears become our limits. Okay. She says, all too often, we turn the critical gaze directly on ourselves. We punish ourselves with what's wrong before even having the chance to glimpse at what's right. Yeah. Yeah. We can't be very critical of ourselves. You should have did this. You didn't do this. You didn't do your hair like this. You didn't meet that guy. You didn't say this. You didn't get that number. You didn't make that contact. You didn't circle back. You didn't call your mom. You didn't, you know, like that inner critic can go ham. Do you hear me? It'll have you thinking that everything about you is wrong. But if you get a chance to stop and think about all the good things, all the positive things, all the accomplishments you've made, then you can silence that inner critic. But yes, if you're so busy critiquing everything, then you will forget or overlook the good things that have happened or the good things that you've done. So 
we want to always remember to stop and take a second to just glance at some of the things we've done and admire who we are because that inner critic will make you think you've never done anything, never completed anything, aren't about anything, you know, and it's like, no, no, no. Okay, she also says, I want to offer one small reminder, which is that real growth begins with how gladly you're able to see yourself. Yes, I was like, okay, Michelle, okay. (laughs) Please take the time to see yourself. That is why I tried to do the affirmations. That is why I wanted to journal with you. That is why I try to get on here and speak like positivity and self-care and personal development and all of those things. Take the time to appreciate yourself. Take the time to see yourself. All of you, we all have flaws, so there is good and bad, right? We want to love on, nurture, cherish the beautiful parts of ourselves. Now, that doesn't mean that we won't do additional work for the parts that we're lacking or the parts that are not as good. It just means don't let the areas in which you have flaws override the beautiful things about you that are positive. Yes, 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 yes. You have permission to celebrate you for who you are, all of who you are, all the beautiful things that you've done, the miracle that you are, the blessing that you are, can be. Please take the time to appreciate yourself. Okay, next one, she says, Starting kind does not necessarily mean starting grand. Yes. When she said this, I was like, yeah, so many times people are like, we're coming up on a new year. People are like, I want to do more. I want to be more. I want to, you know, challenge myself more. And it's like, it doesn't have to be grand. When she says starting kind, literally it could be, I'm going to smile at one new person a day, or I'm going to hold the door for one person a day, or I'm going to pay for like somebody's Starbucks coffee. You know, they do that pay it forward. You could say, that's my gesture, my kind gesture for the day or for the week or for the month or whatever the case may be. And even if, just say, because you've never done it, you're like, I'm going to pay for somebody's coffee 12 times in 23. So once a month, I'm going to go to Panera, Starbucks, wherever, and I'm going to pay for the person behind me. Cool. That is still a kind gesture, even if it's not what everybody else does. Even if people say, I do it every Friday or I do it every payday and you've never done it. You say, I just want to do it 12 times this year, whether it's the first quarter and I do it 12 or whether it's once per month or I put it in my budget to do it, you know, once per month. That does not mean that you're not kind. That does not mean that you're any better or worse than that person. We all start somewhere. So when she said that, I was like, yes, when you're starting kind, when you are coming from a place of love, it does not have to be grand. does not even have to involve any money. You could say, like I said, I just want to smile at one person a day. Or I have a favorite book. I'm going to leave it in the park on the bench because I want somebody to read this book and I want them to be blessed in the way that I was blessed. Or I want to write letters to pen pals all over the world, right? Whatever it is, it doesn't have to be grand. It doesn't have to be this big grand announcement, this elaborate you know, show, it doesn't have to do that. It doesn't have to be that. You can literally start today or tomorrow and be kind and people don't even have to know. Okay. She said, how you view yourself. Okay. She says, how you view yourself becomes everything. It's your foundation. 
the starting point for changing the world around you. Yes. That's why I was saying. Get to a point where you celebrate yourself, where you appreciate yourself, that you love yourself. Because what you think about you affects how you see people around you. Like if you can't see you 100% for you, you're not going to be able to see other people. You're not going to fully be able to appreciate who they are and all that they bring to the table if you're not able to accept yourself fully. So it starts with you. Always has, always will. Who are you? And once you know you and you're like, okay, these are my strengths and these are my weaknesses. In my weaknesses, they're rough. But you might find somebody who compliments you well, whether that's a friendship or a relationship. You might have a friend that's like, this is what I do well. Let me cover you in that area. Nothing wrong with that. But you wouldn't know that if you didn't know yourself. So you have to get to a spot where you are figuring out you, what you like, what you don't like, what you prefer, what you don't, you know, really have an opinion on. You have to sit with yourself, love yourself, cherish yourself, honor yourself so that you can then communicate that to someone. And if they disrespect you, you know why you feel disrespected or you know, you know, where you stand versus if you don't know who you are, how can you say if I'm disrespected or not? Yes. Yes, how you view yourself affects everything. Hmm, okay. She says, rewriting the story of not mattering takes both courage and persistence. Yes. For so many generations, people have felt like they don't matter. In families, in schools, in neighborhoods, in churches, wherever, on jobs, people have felt like they don't matter. So reprogramming yourself is an actual job. Like it is a chore to do. You have to really work at it. You'll think that you've made progress and you have in one area, but then something else will happen and it'll take you back to scratch and you get all over again. You're like, what happened? I did the work. I came out of that. Yes, but it's still a scar. You just did the top layer and it's layers underneath that. So you have to get to a spot where you can rewrite your story because you do matter. But you have to understand it takes courage. It also takes persistence because your brain has been wired to think that you don't matter. So when you finally accept that you do, you have to unwire the past memories, the past things in your mind. So rewriting that, rewriting history kind of, sort of, in that part, um, it takes persistence. It's not a write it one time or say I matter one time and I'm, no, no, you didn't believe it for one time. So it is not going to be one time and undo it unlearn it, unwrite it. No, it's persistently saying I matter. That's why I think the affirmations are so important and beautiful because it gets you to thinking differently about yourself. It gets you to rewire the things that you might have heard. Some things you may not have heard. You just may have been around people who did not affirm you. And so because they didn't affirm you, you didn't really know because you never heard it. So it gets you to hearing something else to help you form new memories, form new neurons, firing or whatever the wording is to help you. Yes, when I hear that sentence, I know that I have faith and hustle. I will succeed. And it excites me because I think about it. I know I say this every day, you know, I am powerful. I am 
all of these things, right? When you go through the I am beautiful, I am a voice of inspiration, I am, you know, when you start saying them over and over and over, then your heart and your mind can align and you feel better. Yes. Okay. And she says, if you have strong social ties, research shows that you are likely to live longer and with less stress. Okay. Get out and make those social ties. <laughs> Get out and live the longest life you possibly can. Enjoy everything around you. Find ways to not be stressed. Okay. She says, and I've also learned that support, love, and validation can come from any and everywhere, not just from your home. Yes. She was talking about how she loves inviting kids to the White House or how she did love to invite kids to the White House. And she loved talking to children because they were kind of like open slates and it was just a beautiful thing. Their hearts were pure. They hadn't learned hate or discrimination or any of those things. Not yet anyway. And so... um she was saying it's just a beautiful thing to be around people who are genuine and open and curious and playful and all the things that kids are. But she was saying, if you have um, love, support, and validation, then it all the more makes you feel stronger as a person. Not to say that you're weak if you don't have them, but you're not as strong as a person who says, I validate what you feel and how you think, and I support your choices and your decisions. I love how your mind works, and I love you as a person. You know, those people, the people who have that support system and that love and that validation typically are stronger individuals. And so if you can find that, cherish it. Okay. Um, she says, life has shown me that strong friendships are often the result of strong intentions. Your table needs to be deliberately built, deliberately populated, and deliberately tended to. When she said that, I was like, yes, get you some adult friends. <laughs> get you some adult friends. She was saying some of her friends, they only meet once a year. And they do this retreat every year, once a year. And it's like their time to catch up and just say, hey, are you good? What's going on in your world? How are things? But it doesn't make them any less friends. It doesn't make them any less connected. If they needed to call, they could. But it was just kind of like, you pull away from everything you got going on. I agreed to pull away from everything I have going on. Let's meet at this retreat. Let's just hang out. Let's get to know, you know, each other and catch up on things. And you just feel like you have somebody that's in your corner. So building strong friendships takes effort. It can't just be, well, we work together, okay? Because then what happens when you don't work together? Y'all not friends anymore because y'all don't work together? Like she was saying, it has to be deliberately populated, meaning it has to be people for you to be friends with. You can't say I'm friends with somebody and you never talk to them for years. That's not really populated area, right? Um, it has to be, like, intentional. I want to be friends, so I show myself friendly, for one. For two, I make myself available for three, you know, I'm engaged in what is going on around me. Like, you know, especially as an adult, it's not as easy to make friends as an adult, which I won't go through that whole spiel because I did a whole episode on it. I don't know which one, <laughs> but it was one of the journaling, journaling with JSY because I know I was saying how you can make new friends as an adult or if you're struggling with friendships, like what can you do to work on yourself to be a friend or to get in that space? So won't go down that rabbit hole but yes strong friendships allow you to navigate life but you have to be intentional about it 
Okay. She says, when you know your own light, you are better prepared to share it with another person. Yes. That's what I'm saying. You have to get to know yourself because it starts with you. Okay. She also says, we only hurt ourselves when we hide realness away. She was talking about how one of her staff members had a parent who was incarcerated and she didn't want people to know because she felt like she would be judged. And she finally came on a podcast that uh, Michelle was hosting on Spotify and she talked about it and she was like hundreds of thousands of people were, you know, commenting and reaching out saying, that's my story. And I just, you know, I know exactly how you feel. and I didn't want to be judged and I didn't do anything, but I didn't want people to look at me a certain way or, you know, whatever goes with that, having a parent in the system. And so she was just like, when she didn't let the world know she was carrying this burden on her own and she felt like she was alone versus when she opened up she saw that all these people could relate to her all these people want to support her and show her love and so she was like you only hurt yourself when you keep those things now by no means does that mean go and share every single thing that happened to you that you feel like is pertinent for information personal information that you don't want people to know but it's saying if you get to a spot and you're being authentic and you're trying to um balance the weight that you're carrying being yourself helps you in so many ways than one okay I hope that um, and you want to seem real you don't want to seem robotic like I see so many families (laughs) I'm not going to go off on a tangent but I see so many families they do the photos like I'm so jealous of the pajama set Christmas photos I'm like I am going to get a photo with me and my family with these pajamas on with the whole set with our dog with I mean I'm just so excited I'm already like in my mind oh it's gonna be this color nobody's gonna have what we got you know I'm just so excited because I see these pictures every single year and I'm like yes but the realness is that is not my situation at this moment so since it's not my situation now don't dwell on it and I don't harp on it but it's not my situation at this moment so it's like when I tell people about you know being a single mother people are like oh yeah it's days that I love my kids and I love you know the fact that it's just us and then it's other days where I absolutely cannot stand it (laughs) and when I tell people that they're always like oh those kids are gonna grow up so fast and I'm like when because it's been 17 years times 365 don't tell me how fast it is you know and they're like what don't say that you know like people try to tell you your story and I'm like no I always want to be real it matters who you have kids with it will affect your whole entire life it matters so when I say that people are like hmm I think it's coming from the fact that you got divorced no 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 No, I want to be real about the situation. (laughs) Yes, there are some benefits to having, you know, being married and then having kids compared to not. But never would I say, like, just because you're married, that your kids are going to come out better if you stay together or divorce than somebody else's kid. You know, like, I never would say that. But I, no matter how good my life is, I never want to lose that realness part of it because I don't want people to think, that I'm above. No, I go through just like everybody else. I have challenges just like everybody else. People are like, your kids are so well behaved. We had rough moments just like everybody else. I still struggle with my kids just like everybody else. You know, when people look at people and say, oh, I see the pictures and da da da, y'all always happy, y'all always smiling, y'all always traveling, y'all always, you know, mitchy matchy, whatever. And it's like, just because they get one picture does not mean you know my life. And so, 
I think that like people say you or like she was saying you hurt yourself when you cut back your realness like when you don't allow people to know you that all the things that you go through the struggles okay okay she says neither was right nor wrong good nor bad they were and are simply different she was talking about her and Barack's childhood and how they grew up separate like when I say separate duh but (laughs) he grew up in Hawaii she grew up in Chicago but she was saying like how his family they process time and communication one way versus in her family she processes time and communication another way and then she talked about how at her grandmother's house her mom grew up children are to be seen and not heard and so they would sit around a bunch of adults and they would have things that they would want to input on the conversation but children are to be seen and not heard so she was like her mom made a vow to herself like when I have kids I'll let them sit at the table and we can discuss any and everything I won't make them be quiet just because they're children because they have valid points just like adults and she was saying you know like Barack's family grew up separate or they did different things so she was like having to learn how to effectively communicate with him. She was like, we went to counseling many times during what she considers the roughest part of her marriage because she was just like, we are different. (laughs) And she was like, it's not that neither one of us are right or wrong. And she was like, we were then and are simply now different. And I'm like, yes, anytime you grow up in a house with somebody to me different from you, you're going to be different. What you do with the differences is how it matters, like how it affects how far you can go if you're able to overcome the differences. If not, then, of course, you stop wherever you are. But if you're able to overcome them, then it's not really that big a deal. It's just we grew up different. We are different, but we're navigating our differences. Okay. She says, there's power in knowing where you don't want to go. And then there's also power in discovering where you want to head next. When she said that, I bought through the book because, you know, as you know, I'm looking for a job and I know that I'm going to move. And so because of that, I'm like, yes, I know the type of jobs I've already done and I don't want to do those again. Right. I'm trying to get in HR because that's what my degree is in. And then also when she said there's value in discovering where you want to head next, I'm like, Yes, a lot of my career has been, yeah, I can do that. It's the people. Okay, yeah, I can do that. It's the people and information. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. Yeah, I can do that. It's like you had no passion behind any of those things. So I could tell you what I don't want to do. And a lot of people think that I'm kind of lost. Like when I talk to people, they're like, your resume is all over the place. And I'm like, I just know what I don't want to do. I'm not 100% sure what I want to do, but I'm headed in that direction. I want to be in the HR sector somewhere. And then who's to say, if I get an HR, I may or may not like it. Who knows? But I at least have to try. So I was like, come on, Michelle. You better say that. (laughs) Okay. She says, our differences are treasures and they're also tools. They are useful, valid, worthy, and important to share. When she said that, I'm like, come on, Michelle. Our differences are treasures if you let them be. If you meet somebody and they say some stuff and do some stuff that you wouldn't do, they're still valid. There's still value in what they say and how they are. You just might not agree. So you would have to search for the value. But they're still there. So it's like, oh, that's so good. We all have value. We're all treasured. We're all useful. We're all worthy. We're all important. You just have to figure out 
who you are and exactly what you bring to the table. Okay, she says, it matters when we feel safe enough to show ourselves without shame and find ways to speak openly of the experiences that made us into the people we are. Yes, yes. It matters when we feel safe enough to show ourselves and find ways to speak openly of the experiences that made us into the people that, yes, when I read that, I was like, yes, because so many times and in so many settings, you don't feel comfortable to share your quote unquote testimony. People are like, no, nah, they're not ready for that. No, nah, they don't want to hear that. They don't want to, mm, let me dress it up. Let me smooth it out. Let me paint the best picture. And it's like, yes, that's still what happened. But you dressed it up to where it sounded a little better than what it was. It was really like hell. But you dressed it up and sounded, you know. <laughs> yes, I was just like, it matters. I hope that you get to a place where you feel safe enough. I really do. And I hope that I find that place as well. But yes, it matters. Okay, she says, not everyone will be a lion or a hurricane, but that doesn't mean your work won't count or that your story shouldn't be told. When she said that, I was like, yes, I always want to be a lion. <laughs> I am a Leo, so I'm like, yes, I'm a lion. I'm a lion, right? And it's like, and then when I come to people's house, mom has always said I bust in the door like a hurricane, like a tornado. She's like, girl, you come flying through here and yada, yada, yada. Your kids, everything is going and it's high energy. Da, da, da. And I'm like, I don't think so, but... I said all that to say, you don't have to be that. You don't have to be big and loud. You don't have to be um, whatever the attributes of a hurricane. You don't have to be that. Your story still matters. And your work means something, whatever your work is. Yeah. She says, the challenge in leading a big life becomes trying to find ways to protect your dreams and your drive, to remain tough without being overly guarded, to stay nimble and open to growth, allowing others to see you for who you are. It's about learning how to shelter your flame without hiding its light. When she said that, I was like, yes, yes. I try to tell people, this is who I am. And they're like, what? You're too busy. You're too this. You're too that. You know, they want to put me in this little tiny box. And it's like, yes. Learning how to shelter your flame without hiding its light. I believe that I'm a light here in the world. I believe that you are too. Now, finding your light or operating your light may be hard or it may be challenging, but it is doable. But I said that, or I said this quote, pulled this quote out because, yes, growing and growing, learning how to shelter your flame without hiding its light. Stay nimble open to growth, remain tough, allow others to see you for who you are. I'm like, yes, say that, say that, say that. So good. Okay. She also says your small actions become an instrument for your own visibility, your own steadiness and sense of connection. They can help remind you that you too matter. Your small actions so keep doing whatever it is you're doing. Keep pushing, keep striving, keep writing, keep speaking, keep believing, keep striving for whatever it is that you're searching for. Okay, she says, success involves making many difficult choices and drawing the lines that go with them, trusting that your progress will pay dividends over time. If only you can keep yourself on track. You just need to keep telling yourself not 
long. When she said this, I'm telling you at this point, I'm hollering because I'm like, yes, difficult choices. And you having to draw the line and then go with that. Trusting that your progress will pay dividends over time if you keep on track. And then you have to keep reminding yourself, not long, not long, not long. I'm going to be a homeowner, not long. I'm going to be a bride, not long. I'm going to be a, you know, SUV owner, not long. I'm going to be a multimillionaire, not long. I'm going to be a, you know, multi-car owner, not long. Multi-business operator, not long. You know, whatever your not long is. Ugh, I was like, come on, Michelle. Make the difficult choices. Draw the line. Stay on track. People don't have your vision. People don't have your goals. People don't have your drive. People don't have your insights. Make the decisions. They will be choices that are difficult, some of them. Stay on track. Stay on track. And tell yourself, remind yourself, and I'm telling you, but I'm telling myself as well, not long. I'm going to blink and I'm going to be employed. I'm going to blink and I'm going to have a new place. I'm going to blink and I'm going to be getting married. I'm going to be announcing my wedding <laughs> ceremony. I'm going to blink and I'm going to be, you know, doing my honeymoon. I'm going to blink and I'm going to be, you know, and it's like a homeowner or whatever the next thing is. I'm going to blink and I'm going to have my master's. You know what I'm saying? Like not long. Whatever it is that you want. You take steps toward getting there and not long after you will have it. I'm just so like, come on, Michelle. <laughs> okay, last one, and then I am out of here. Um, she says, when it comes to our attention, our time, our credibility, our goodwill toward and from others, we work with a limited but renewable set of resources. Yes. When she said that, I was like, yes, we don't know how much time we have. We don't know how much attention we will get, meaning famous or not famous. We don't know how credible we will be or considered to be. Um, our goodwill, we hope to do good works toward people, but you don't know the amount that you'll do. Um, and so you're working within a limited amount of information. You don't know how much time, you don't know how much attention you'll get, like how famous you'll be. You don't know how much credibility you'll have. You don't know how much goodwill you're going to be able to do. But a renewable set of resources, meaning when you get tired, you can recharge and come back. When you get out of focus, you can refocus and come back. When you get low on income or debt financial resources, you can pause fundraise or whatever you need to do and then come back so limited but renewable resources I am so 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 glad that I was able to finish this book I'm even more glad that we literally have like less than seven days left in this year I'm like come on I'm just like thrilled I'm trying to do my vision board but I don't think it's going to work out in time so I think I'm gonna just get my word of the year I'm gonna try to journal um, I have two more days before I have to move. So things are getting hot and heavy. I hope to be able to do another episode. But if not, I will see you guys in season three in 2023. I'm just like, oh gosh, I cannot believe it. But at the same time, I already know that things are moving, like moving. I don't feel like I can keep up with the speed of it. And then it's cold outside. So 
we had that really cold winter snap and then now it's kind of warming up but it's still chilly so I'm like uh oh, it's just I like to be inside I don't like to do a whole lot with the cold weather so I am just I hope that you had the most amazing week or weeks I hope that you're able to read this book if not I hope that you're able to get it and read what you can out of it pull your own nuggets out of it I am just like blown away that we have read 12 books together this year like what you say <laughs> I am ecstatic for what's to come in season three it won't be book reviews but I will probably tell you a book I'm reading just in case you choose to follow along or if you choose to um read with me but of course if you ever need to reach out if you ever want to support the podcast www.buymeacoffee backslash jsy podcast you could do that or you can reach out to me on instagram at just simply yvonne or you can email me any questions comments concerns topics suggestions any of those things and i am just around the corner man hmm if I don't get back before you, I hope you have the most amazing crossover to the new year. Happy New Year! <laughs> I look forward to being back before you. But if I don't, by any chance or any stretch of the imagination, I want to make sure that I tell you because I want to see you. When I say see you, see the views, see the the love. I want to see you interact with you in the new year. So, until the next time. Toodles. Oh, that's it and that's all for this episode, of course. I'm coming back to you live at five, okay? I hope that you heard something that sticks with you or that pops back up in your mind later in the week and you're able to marinate on it. Real quick, if you could, Spotify has a new option to rate podcasts. So if you heard this podcast on Spotify, if you could leave a rating, or if you heard it on Apple, if you could leave a review so other people can find this podcast and take a listen. Thank you so very much. I truly could not do it without you. And just know, I'm probably somewhere talking. Until next time, toodles, y'all.